Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and inject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're laughing before we begin (laughs) and we're also swearing. Welcome to a double hit. This is a podcast for the Hacking Happy podcast and equally for the Essential Shift podcast. And I am joined today with my beautiful friend and collaborator, Leticia, and I'm going to say this completely wrong, Andrak. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't sound anywhere near as sexy as when she says it with her French accent, but we'll give it a go. Welcome, Leticia. It's so good to be here. Thank you, Penny. I'm so excited for this collaboration and this joint interview. So today we're going to talk about why retreat? But I thought before we get down to talking about retreats and why it's so important to us and the work that we do, I thought let's start by sharing a little bit about who we are and start with my favourite question. Perhaps you can start us off. Tell us who you are as a human being. Every time you ask this question, Penny, and I remember coming on your podcasts a few months ago and I was like, oh my gosh, this question is so powerful. So I am me, <laughs> you know, a so who I am as a human being. I, I am myself. I am true to myself. I embody all part of myself. And it's been a journey of finding who I am mm. as a human being. And retreat have been part of my path, which is something we're going to talk about, to get out of my current situation, current opportunities and just finding new ways to be and to embrace my full self. So who I am as a human being, I am a loving being, a loving soul that is fully present and here in this world to heal other women in business. What about you? Mm. Who are you as a human being? Oh, and like you say, my answer is always different. And I love the way this question makes you think. Today, I'm a work in progress, and I don't know that that will ever change. I am, as a human being, trying to live my best life and doing a damn good job at it. I am a hugely loving and unconventional mother of a beautiful 12-year-old, and I am proudly crazy (laughs) and willing to try anything really like within the realms of not harming myself and others I just find the more I step into uncertainty and fear and all the things that make us feel uncomfortable the more I realize potential I didn't even know I had and then I use that in the service of my clients and help them to do the same so that's me today oh I love seeing you today (laughs) now I think paint a bit of a picture about we've spoken about who we are as human beings and how we kind of identify in that space. But let's talk a little bit about journeys and journeys around transformation because realistically you and I 
You know, no matter how you label it, we are in the realm of enabling women to transform, whether it's in their careers, whether it's in their businesses, whether it's in their lives. And I think lived experience of doing that is just so powerful in enabling that journey for others. So talk to us a little bit about your journey and where you've come from and where you are now. That's like a beautiful question, reflecting on the key moments of transformation. And I think for me, it all started when I was a young little girl, about five-year-old, and I felt I didn't belong and I couldn't sleep at night and I was very anxious. And my teacher were always asking my parents to come and visit them because I was the best in class, but at the same time, I was the worst person to have in a class, you know, the rebel, the person always challenging and this clown, all you want to say. And this is the first transformation that I experienced when my parents took me to one of their healer and teacher for me to start meditation and EFT tapping and really connecting with myself and start creating strong boundaries for me to be who I am and feel safe in the environment that I had, even though I was different. So this is the first kind of big transformation that I'm very grateful for my parents to gift me as a five-year-old neurodivergent individual. So this was like the first big transformation. Then I went on with my life and, you know, went to one of the best business school in France and entered one of the best strategic consulting firm in Paris and travel and all of that. And then around my 30th birthday, 30th year old, I faced burnout. And this has been like a deep transformation that reconnected me to all the other things, all the breadcrumbs that I had put on my path, living in India and Brazil and all the other country where I discovered a lot of things. But it's on that moment that I reconnected with all of that. When I was in my bed, lying in my bed as an hyperactive person, it was very unlike me not to have any energy to wake up and to move around or, you know, to do anything and just lay down. And my body was telling me, you need to rest and reconnect. So this has been another massive transformation moment for me when I went into my dark journey of the soul, as I love to say, and came back with all the insights and all the lights that I can now share with the world. And the um, third biggest transformation I experienced is matrescence. When I became a mom and I thought of myself as a leader, a carrier woman, staying in corporate and impacting women within the corporate world for them to grow within the big firms and, and all of that, I decided that actually I needed to step outside and create this tidier wave of change on my own term within my own business called Essential Shift today. And it's been like a big journey of transformation through matrescence, birthing my daughters and becoming a mother for myself, for my kids, for my businesses. Oh, I love that. What about you, Penny? What are your key transformations? I love the way you framed it because I'd never considered that there are multiple transformations throughout our life. They're almost stepping stones to arrive where you are now. So I love that analogy. And you also made me think of something that I have never shared that is part of my journey that dates back to my childhood and my early career. And that was that I was always told I was too loud. I was always told that I was too direct. And Mm. I was often in school, I was punished for those qualities and for asking too many questions. That was, they were three things. And 
The irony is that for years I suppressed those things because I was constantly in trouble for having those qualities Mm. and I never realised it but that suppression was part of my significant transformation down the track because now those are the three things, speaking my truth, you know, being confident in how I speak, which I is how I look at it rather than loud. And I think as a woman often we're punished if we are confident and vocal in our opinions. It's why so many of us suppress them. And also curiosity. I've always been extremely curious about doing things differently and for years I was punished for that curiosity and for that questioning. And they're the things now pretty much I get to do every day, which is pretty funny, right? So that was part of my journey. The, perhaps the most defining moment, which was the beginning, and I always say it was like a dimmer getting turned up rather than a light bulb moment that really shifted my life, and that was the death of my greatest mentor, which was my uncle, when my son was 18 months old and he committed suicide very suddenly, unexpectedly, it was a very, very successful businessman and that really shook every foundation and belief that I had around success because him taking his life at 60 off the back of what was perceived as so much success because his empire collapsed and the pain that that left behind and also the legacy that it left in terms of a stamp on his life really made me start to question my own life and how I define success. And then I found myself 18 months later, which was perhaps the next pivotal point, And little like you, I was in this massively successful career and ticked all these boxes I was told would make me happy and successful. And yet I had a three-year-old son in the backyard. And when I asked him to come and do things, he would say to me, I can't, I'm too busy. And I felt sick because I'm like, that's coming from us. All this child wants Mm -hmm. is our time and we're too busy to give it to him. And that was the moment where I realised, one, I was completely exhausted and burnt out. Two, I wasn't giving myself to the things that actually brought me joy and happiness, which was human connection, positively impacting the lives of others, sharing experiences and being present in the moment. And that was when I turned my whole life upside down in pursuit of happiness, literally. The only thing that stayed was my son. And here we are eight years later, leveraging, as I said, all of those things I was told made me flawed to actually positively impact the lives of women all around the world. So that's my journey. Thank you for sharing. And I think it's powerful to see how things that have been like pointed at us as some things that make us be a misfit or make us mm. be different are actually the strengths that now we harness when we found our own alignment with who we're meant to be. And Definitely, I was always called out in the strategy consulting world as being too emotional. I remember the two partner in the firm, and if they listen to this podcast, you will know you were drawing this for me. So the first circle was rational, the second circle was political, and the third circle was emotional. And they were always telling me you're too much on the emotional side. Wow. And I was not too much on the emotional side. I'm just very empathetic. I was going to say, you feel too much. (laughs) Yeah, I feel too much. It was uh, the kind of feedback I was getting until I burnt out and I understood why I was feeling so much and how now this is one of my key strengths in the work I do. And, And it's perhaps an interesting question to pose or reflection to pose to listeners, right? Think back to your childhood and the things that you were told were wrong with you. 
and look at perhaps how they now serve you or could serve you in realising whatever dreams that you have. So much of it's just about changing that inner narrative and is what I'm telling myself true or is it just what people have told me, perhaps because it doesn't make them feel comfortable. All right. Yeah. Let's talk retreats. I think this is hysterical. Let's talk about our first retreats that we ever went on. What was your first retreat? Do you know? Yeah, so I think my first retreat by myself, not with my parents or not, you know, with other adults because my auntie is very spiritual. So she took me on retreat when I was a teenager and things like that. But my first retreat that I chose to go to, it was in India in 2004. And it was at Ama Ashram. Some of you may know her. She's known as a hugger. And I will always remember arriving in this ashram and just the silence, the smell, the space, the flowers, Everyone, you know, smiling in silence to each other and the, the ritual practices every morning, waking up at the same time and starting with chanting and movement and, and the food cooking together in the communal kitchen in silence. I have so many memories of that first retreat being, you know, in this small community in a small town and just being, yeah, reconnected to the land and to the people and to myself. So I will always remember this moment. And I didn't know anything about Amma at the time. I just followed, you know, a friend who told me about this place. And, and then I went with one of my girlfriends. And I will always remember we were together on the rickshaw, traveling from the train after an, a very long train trip like hours and hours and hours in the general class and not comfortable on wood. And it was 2004, so I was pretty young. And it was the first time I was going outside of Europe also. So, but it's another story for another day. I tend to go on tangents. But I will always remember we were together on the rickshaw and we didn't know what to expect. What does it look like to go to an ashram? What does it look like to go on a retreat in India, in this very small town? And it was amazing, amazing. What made you go on your first retreat? What was the catalyst? I think the catalyst was we were living in India and we were willing to connect with the different culture and the different religion and the different belief and the different approaches that were in India. It was really a self, for me, when I lived in India, it was really a self-discovery journey. So I worked at Calcutta with the Mother Teresa space, I volunteered to the Golden Temple where it's a Sikh religion there. I went to a Dharamshala where you have the Dalai Lama in exile and I met the Dalai Lama. I was really going on this soul searching spiritual journey in 2004. And I had this friend who mentioned Amma and he had just been and he was saying how it was beautiful. And I just, I was like, let's go. So we booked and we went. So. Like many things in my life, I just, you know, we bought this house in two weeks and we moved to Australia in a month. It's just like when I feel this calling to do something, I just make it happen. I think the calling is an interesting thing because it's funny thinking about this question. I was like, I don't even know if I can remember. And I haven't been doing retreats for that long, nowhere near as long as you, right? Because one of the things that I struggled with, especially in my corporate life, was that anything spiritual, even back then, even though I used to be a devout Bikram yogi, anything kind of spiritual I didn't talk about because I was worried that people would think I was woo-woo. 
And I'll never forget mm-hmm. that because now I just give zero fucks, if I'm honest, about any of that. And it's a complete about face. But I think that that mindset, again, because I was trying to restrain any exposure to that in my life because I was worried that it would impact my career and my success was just another form of suppression. But then stepping into this whole new world eight years ago just opened my eyes to, I think, one of the most valuable things that I discovered was human connection around Mm. the unexpected and how often meeting the most random people in the most random places is where the real magic happens in terms of making shifts, right? Because the more you share an idea or a dream that you have, the more that it grows, and especially when Mm -hmm. you're around diverse people. And so I think the first retreat I went on was probably about five years ago and it was completely random. It wasn't even on my radar. And I got a call from this big um, innovation festival out of Melbourne And they said, we're going to run a retreat for the first time. And it was pause fest for any of you who know Melbourne. And they used to bring out some of the most amazing people from all around the world to speak at this festival. And they said, we're running this retreat for the first time. We've got one space left. It's really important that we have the right people there because we're taking a lot of these high-profile speakers and they're going to completely want to disconnect for three days. It's being facilitated by a Grammy Award winning. She's a play an improv person, and she used to work on Sesame Street, so she's facilitating it. I'm like, this is crazy. And I was like, when, and when I looked at the list of people going, I was like, when am I ever going to connect with people like this is crazy group of people? Like the head of creative from Pixar was going. So it wasn't a, a retreat like I would pick now, but it was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go. It's in the bush and see what happens. And it completely transformed my life. I made probably five people at that event that I would call really close friends now and the opportunities that rose for me, like I actually got to go to Pixar, which you cannot go to, the doors are closed over in San Francisco and immerse myself in that space and just the friends that I made from that one event, it just was like I was converted. I have been on so many retreats, like I cannot count them, but the other day we were chatting with some of my clients, I think I've been on at least 50 retreats. It's really some things that you become addicted to this mm. the connection as you said you made with people that you wouldn't met or you wouldn't meet otherwise in your life and the connections that you develop with yourself in that setting because the facilitator whatever they're bringing you know this weekend i was on psychodrama retreat which is very different to a yoga retreat or a silent retreat or an ayurveda retreat or a business retreat like i go on so many different retreats but every time discover a new part of yourself and you connect with new human beings that are completely aligned with who you are at that point in time Hey there, thought I'd just press pause for a moment and ask you a question. I wonder if like I used to, you use work as a form of escapism to avoid feelings that bubble under the surface and whisper to you constantly, this is not the life I want to live. But what if it doesn't have to be this way? What if I told you you could bounce out of bed feeling confident in your path because you know what action to take to feel aligned and in motion with the life you long for. If you'd like to do this year differently, shift gears into freedom mode, let your priorities drive your time, not the other way around, 
feel courageous and confident in uncertainty and holistically supported on the journey. Flourish Forward Coaching might be right for you. Go to flourishforwardcoaching.com to book a discovery call today. My husband the other day was like, are you addicted? Because <laughs> it's definitely an addiction. But yes, I am. I think it's the best way to meet my people. Yeah, and I think it's a lot like, I always believe with coaches, like I've had many coaches throughout my journey and it's almost like you need different coaches at different times and like you talking about the diversity of the retreats that you've been on, it's the same with retreats. It's kind of what do you need at this moment in time that's going to be most helpful in creating the space for you to shift yourself in the way that you want to shift yourself or maybe you're just looking for something completely different. You know what I mean? Like you don't even know what you need, but it's something different and you want to reconnect with yourself. You want to connect with diverse set of people. And often I find, you know, for me, one of the most important things for any retreat I attend, it's got to be connected to nature. I don't know why, but for me, from a psychological perspective, I know why, you know, we are innately wired. We are part of the environment. And nature is just so fundamental to being able to, I think, do that connection piece with not only yourself but with others and it just makes us feel good. So what do retreats do for you? So I was just on one this weekend, so I guess I will connect with the feeling that I had during the weekend, which is I I went for three days in the Blue Mountains in nature because for me, as for you, it's connecting with the elements and bringing more of this nature into my life every day. So for me, the sense that always come to me, the feeling when I arrive at the the retreat, it's a big excel. I am a mom of two young girls. One is neurodivergent like me. Uh, So they are four and six-year-old. Our household is very busy. My husband has a very uh, high position, a leadership position. I am CEO of a thriving business. And even though I am very good at making space for myself, for my ritual, I'm very strong with my boundaries. Everyone that works with me is like, you're barely working, but I'm actually working very efficiently. But I know that I am still feeling the pressure of being in my house and having, you know, looking out for other people. Whereas when I arrive at a retreat as a participant, because I also facilitate my own retreat, but when I arrive at a retreat as a participant, It's really this sense of being held and this big Excel. Like I don't have to cook. I don't have to think about anything but myself. Mm. If I want to go to bed and don't do the yoga movement in the morning, I don't have to. If I want to go on a bushwalk, I can go. No one needs snack and water. And do I have this and like big Excel? This is this sense of excelling, spaciousness, and really reconnecting truly with what I need in this point in time. Mm. So, yeah, a big exhale would be the feeling. Oh, I love the exhale. I think that's a beautiful way to frame it. Yeah, because without exhaling, I cannot inhale, right? So then I cannot have new inspiration. I always come back full of ideas, full of inspiration, because my like I need this big exhale before I inhale so it's it's coming as a cycle so Mm. that's why I have so many regular retreats I love that well I love the I like I I always think of yoga you know when um it's like the lion's breath you know you take that massive (sighs) and and just the release 
and the relief that comes with something so simple and relating that to a retreat for me like I can completely connect and it resonates for me retreats are the space that I wouldn't get in my everyday life and I think that Mm. in a world where I'm like you you know I've learned the power of self-care and it is my number one priority but my life is still very full doing the thing Mm. that I love and I know in myself that if I want to shift something, if I want to create something new, the most powerful way to do that is to have space and to be disconnected from my day-to-day environment. And it's interesting because so many of my clients say to me, I just don't have the space. Like I don't even know. I know that I don't want this, but I don't know what I do want because I don't have the space to even think about it. And when I think about retreats, I think it is the space to be able to make a shift in a short period of time and set the foundations for that shift to move forward with some form of significance. And I think that's the gift that space gives you on a retreat that you just, it's very hard to get in your everyday life without saying, oh, hang on, I'll do that, but then I'm going to go and put a load of washing on. Or like Mm -hmm. you say, oh, but the kids need feeding. It's that undistracted space to focus on me on what I need and what gives me meaning and whatever, often whatever I want in the future that I don't have the space for in my everyday. And if you allow me, if you don't call this retreat in the corporate world, you may call it seminar. I used to be a strategy consultant and we would take people through our accelerated solution experience, which was a big castle close to Paris, a wonderful castle immersed in a beautiful, magnificent forest. You know, it was like out of the outskirts of Paris, just after Versailles. It was an amazing castle. Mm. And we would take the CEO and the C-suite there for three days for them to birth the next iteration of their business, for them to connect with themselves, with each other, and, you know, digest this M&A, which was potentially upcoming, or digest this new strategic plan in 10 years, all those new innovations. So maybe for some of you who feel like, oh, retreat is indulgent, it's not indulgent. It's actually think about it as a seminar. Think about it as, you know, an event that you go to reconnect with oneself and with your community and with your key connections. So I think because I often hear people tell me, oh, it's very indulgent to go on a retreat. Or it's very like, I don't have time for this. But actually, if you think with a corporate lens, they invest in those seminars and they were paying us a lot of money to organize those retreats mm. for us to help them birth the next big plan, the 10 years plan. And they wouldn't have been able to birth that in their office or in their boardroom. Like they needed to be in nature. We needed to go for long walk, you know, in the forest where you have, where it's when they speak to each other and they connect with what they really want to create together. So I think we often yeah, dismiss the power of a retreat when actually if we take another name or give another name to it, we're like, yeah, I see the power in it. So if anyone is listening to this and they're like, oh, it's indulgent, just think about a seminar, like a big mm-hmm. corporate seminar. But also picking up on the self-indulgent thing, because I, I wrote a post about it this week, is I think it's so interesting as a question to ask yourself, when did you stop being worthy of your own investment? When, mm. yeah, like why are you not worthy of investing in yourself, in the things that bring you joy, in shaping a life that is in alignment with the life that you want to live? Like when did you decide you weren't worthy of that? 
because I would argue we're all worthy and I just think it's interesting how many women are quite happy and I know I was one quite happy for an organisation to invest in their development but when they step out they're not willing to invest in themselves and I just think it's an interesting thing to reflect upon. I love it. I love it and I just paid today, funnily enough, a five-figure investment to go on my next retreat. So I am definitely investing in retreats, which are different type, but I also invest in very high-end and premium retreats. But it's been a journey, right? My first one in India was very different to the one that I may feel worthy of now. So whoever is listening to this, just start with a small you know, investment, if it's a 500, 300 retreat, you know, I know beautiful space around Sydney where you can go, you can reach out to me if you are after a 300, $500 investment, but you can go up to six figure. You can have retreat, which are six figure investment. And it's not that one is better than the other. It's about you starting to create this space for you to retreat yeah. in alignment with where you're at in your journey. So let's now talk about why we have decided to create our first collaboration, which is, I'm very excited to say, a retreat, which has long been a dream of mine. <laughs> so perhaps I'll share the story of how the idea came about. I've got these amazing yeah. friends that have this property that when you enter the gates, you feel like the world doesn't exist anymore. It is a rainforest surrounded property in the Noosa hinterland like nowhere else. I spend a lot of time there when I need to escape. I wrote my book at this property and they, ever since the day they bought it, they've said to me, we have this vision of you running retreats here. And I think fear has held me back. Plus, I also, I think innately I didn't want to do a retreat alone. I think there's real benefit in running a retreat with someone else because I think Different people connect with different people. I think you get greater diversity in the content that's provided and you can also bring very different things to the space, which just adds even more value. So when I was sitting there on my holiday in December and they mentioned it again, I was like, damn it, I'm just going to do it. Next year's the year to do it. And immediately I was like, I'm going to reach out to Leticia. There was no one else in my mind that came up. I was like... What else could you want other than a happiness hacker and a business doula? <laughs> and so I reached out to you on Instagram with some images of the property and you were, tell us where you were and what your thoughts were. So I was on holiday at that time. I was in South Golden Beach with some friends and as soon as I received your photo and your message, it was a big yes. I didn't need it to know when, how. I was just like, this is it. This is it. And I had been doing my own reflection about 2022 and how I loved facilitating a retreat in 2022. I facilitated two or three retreats in 2022. I forgot now. But I had facilitated retreat in 2022 and I was committed in 2023 to facilitate at least two retreats. And I had already organized the one that is happening in March, which is my business birthing retreat. And I was like, I'll see about the second one. And then, boom, I received your message. And straight away, I didn't need it to think further about anything, as I've said. It was just a full body yes, because 
I am an admirer of your work, Penny, as you know, and I was really honored and moved and touched that you thought about me to collaborate on this retreat because I know what you're going to bring into the space. And guys, the space is incredible on top of that. I, was yeah. like, I totally see myself in this hammock, in this pool, like walking <laughs> on this beautiful uh, venue. So yeah, it was a, it was a, um, a full body yes from the get-go. And I know the magic we can weave together and what we can bring as a transformation to anyone who will join us in this space. Mm. So we are at the point where we're launching the opportunity to join. Yes. The retreat will run in August, late August this year, 2023. We are basically limited to 12 people. The property is completely exclusive. It's not publicly available to anyone. And I guarantee you there's no way this place will not blow your mind in terms of a nature sanctuary. Often there are deer and kangaroo in the backyard. This retreat really is for anyone who is longing to make any shift, any change, be it in their life, their career or their business, but can't find the energy or the space to get started, which is what we've spoken mm. so much about today. It's creating that safe and sacred space for you and what whatever it is that you want to work on. And so basically we're opening the doors. Is there anything you want to share, Leticia, in terms of... What we're offering, I mean, there's a hell of a lot more detail which we can share in the link from the show notes. But, yeah, anything that you want to share about this experience? I think it's a unique, like, I would buy this retreat. Like, I would put my money into it straight away. And for me, this is like a, a way for me to validate that an offer is amazing. And I would totally go on that retreat myself first to access Penny's wisdom, second, to access this amazing space, which if you go on the sales page and look at the video and the photo, you're like, oh my gosh. You, it's a mix of a Balinese feeling in Australia, in the jungle of Australia. It's just, it's incredible. So already the space is charged and I'm sure this country and this land is charged with beautiful energy, which we will definitely acknowledge and honor during that retreat. And we are gathering under a full moon. So we will start with a beautiful illumination of all parts of yourself and harness this energy of the full moon. We start on the 31st of August and we will have a chef cooking for us. We will have everything you can imagine that makes you feel luxurious and vibrant and radiant and nourished and grounded and like anything you want is in that space. I think when we started to formulate the thoughts around this, the words I came up with were a place like no other, a place where deep transformation, the deep transformation offered by psychology, spirituality collides, enabling you to come out the other side, recharged, reignited and reoriented towards the life you long for. And that was kind of, for me, encapsulated what I wanted to create and why I wanted to work with you and the great skills that you have that are so different to my skills but completely complementary in providing people with a truly holistic, well-rounded experience. So I am hugely excited for this opportunity. I'm hugely excited to collaborate with someone so amazing. It's why it was such a no-brainer. And as I mentioned, we will pop in the show notes the link for you to 
go to the sales page, check it out. We are welcoming people from all around the world. If you, I know a lot of people that follow me on Instagram have mentioned that they'd love to come to Australia. Perhaps this is the sign. (laughs) So Leticia, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to share this podcast and I always love having a chat and uh, I can't wait to see you in the Noosa hinterland. Me too. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.